Let's pray. Father, it is so good to hear those words free, to know that death has been arrested and that a new life has begun for us. Lord, as we gather to hear Your Word speak that new life through Your Word into our hearts, in Jesus' name, Amen. For 35 chapters, God is silent. For 35 chapters, God doesn't speak a word. And in those 35 chapters, Job cries out. His friends, Bildad, Zophar, Eliphaz, and Elihu, give their advice. But God, He says nothing. And then suddenly, God speaks. Job 38, verse 1, the hidden God becomes the revealed God. And what He reveals is amazing. What He reveals, what power, what wisdom, what awesome greatness. But, what God gives to Job is not what Job was looking for. It's not what we're expecting. Because instead of an explanation, God gives a revelation. Yes, God finally speaks out of the thunder. God speaks in the middle of the storm. God speaks. The Father sitting with a rose beside his daughter's coffin. God speaks. To the wife holding close to herself a meticulously folded flag from her husband's casket. God speaks. To the person who's just been told they have cancer and who after months of fighting it, it just keeps getting worse. To that person, God speaks. To any person who has searched and tried to see God through the shattered glass of tragedy and suffering, He speaks. Our God speaks in the midst of all of life's storms. And in those storms, His voice thunders with majesty and power and authority. Then the Lord, Yahweh, answered Job out of the storm. And the storm was huge, with huge thunder clouds. There were flashes of lightning going back and forth. The English Standard Version calls it a whirlwind, a Category 5 storm for a Category 5 kind of God. And for the first time since chapters 1 and 2, the name Yahweh appeared. See, in chapters 3 through 37, the people have called Him God. They have called Him the Almighty, but not Yahweh. 
Why? Why is this so important? Well, you need to remember that Yahweh is the name by which God revealed Himself to Moses. I am who I am. And Yahweh is also the name by which our Lord Jesus reveals Himself to us before Abraham was. He said, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. For 35 chapters, Job is consumed with all kinds of questions. Where is God? Why is this happening? When will this end? How could God do this to me? But the most important question is the one he doesn't ask. Who is the God behind all this? And that is the question that God answers in chapters 38 through 41. Instead of an explanation from God, we receive a revelation of God. Who is this, God asks, that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Job says nothing. Brace yourself like a man, the Lord says to him. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Job remains silent. Where were you, God asks him, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Do you know how it's dimensions were determined or who did their surveying what supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy the tables have been turned instead of job questioning god now god questions job divine questions pour out from god's mouth like sheets of a downpour in a hurricane they splatter against the chambers of Job's heart with a wildness and a beauty and a terror that leaves every Job who has ever lived speechless before God. What starts here continues until chapter 41 is a list of 70 questions that God asks Job. The point of all of it is this. Job needs to let God be God. The point is there is a God and we are not Him. To underscore that point in these questions, God repeatedly points out how vast, how complex is the creation and the universe. You know it. Did you know that the sun is 109 times the diameter of the earth? That within the mass of the sun, you could fit one million earths? Did you know that God created the Milky Way, which is only one 
of the galaxies among billions of galaxies and there are over a hundred billion stars in this galaxy? Can you see it, Job, God asks? Can you rejoice in it all as I do? The morning stars sing for joy, God says, because of who I am and what I do. Can you rejoice in it too? Can you see how carefully I have put it all together? Can you grasp the immensity of what I have created? Can you be my equal? Can you match my power, my ability to watch over and care for all of it? What do you say, Job? And then Job answered, The Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice. But I will say no more. And then later Job replied to the Lord, I know you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Job finally gets it. He gets it as to who he is and who he isn't. He realizes that he has been like a water boy telling LeBron James how to dribble a basketball. He's been like a bat boy trying to teach Babe Ruth how to hit home runs. He's been acting like a caddy trying to teach Tiger Woods how to use his driver. That he has been the clay telling the potter what he should and shouldn't do. Finally, Job gets it. Job surrenders. He stops pressing for an explanation from God and instead receives a revelation of God. And folks, that's the answer God has given to you and me as well on this Palm Sunday. Do you know that day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem back of a donkey? In Matthew's Gospel, there was so much noise, just like you could hear the kids outside the door before the service, that the people of Jerusalem came out of the gates. And they said, Who is this? And the crowds that were coming with Jesus answered the question, This is Jesus of Nazareth. Our God not only wraps Himself in a storm, but in the fullness of time He wrapped Himself in human flesh and blood. Jesus took on a human body to take us into His arms, to heal our hurts, and destroy our darkness. He became a human being not to demonstrate the, the, the innocence of infancy. He became a human being because no one has ever seen God. So He, God the one and only, came to make Him known. He came to live the life we could not. To experience the Father's judgment so that we need not. 
He rode into Jerusalem not for a political victory, but to win a victory over sin, death, and the devil himself. He rode into Jerusalem to win a victory of life everlasting for you and me. Folks, our God is not a God way out there. He's not a distant God, unconnected, far off. We have a God who is with us. Who has spoken from the storms of our lives. Who became like us in Christ. Who has walked in our shoes. Are you hurting? He was hurt. Are you broken? Jesus was broken. Are you in pain? He knew pain. Have you been betrayed? Jesus was betrayed. God is fully present for us. He is with us. And one day, in the light of glory, when you're standing with, before God's throne, you and I are going to look back on the lives that God laid out for us the lives that we live with the good and the bad. And we'll look at one another's lives and all the lives that have ever lived. And we will stand there in heaven and we will declare He has done all things well. Job's attitude began with a mixture of self-pity and self-assertion. As his life was devastated by one tragedy after another, it sank into grief. Then, in spite of his wife's advice to curse God and die, Job insisted on defending his own innocence. By contrast, his three friends, well, they, they were having none of it. Their advice was self-accusation. Come on, Job, admit that you're suffering because of your sin. This is God's judgment upon you. Repent and it will soon turn out all right. But Job refused to be bullied into a false confession. He was innocent. Then his fourth friend, Elihu, came on the scene. And he urges Job to take a different attitude. That of self-discipline. He pleads with Job to see that there is purpose in pain. Not retribution, but instruction. To recognize that in some measure, God, this is God's way of correcting us. And then, finally, God speaks to Job. And He gives Job one option. Surrender. To fall before God in reverence, in awe, in humility. To trust God. That even though Job doesn't understand, God does. How about us? What about our storm? We can get angry. Sometimes we do that. We get angry with God. I can give up on God. I can say God is a fake, a fraud, a phony. People do that. Or I can receive the revelation and stop insisting on an explanation. God doesn't owe you one. 
And he doesn't owe me either. I can surrender to that, to him, like Job surrendered. I can declare my own declaration of dependence. What does that look like? Well, Jesus taught us the words of surrender. You know them. Words to pray in the midst of every struggle. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As you and I can pray those words in full faith, even without knowing why is this happening, or where has God gone, or when will it end, we don't need those answers. Because God in Christ has made Himself known to you and me as the great I Am, as Yahweh who loved us enough to give His own Son, as Yahweh who loved us so much that He gave His life on a cross. Friends, in the midst of life's storms, that's all we need. Because after all, a revelation of this God beats any explanation every time. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.